myself out. I am afraid of I'm terrified and paralyzed by I am deathly afraid of Welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast with your host, me, Ryan Perio. Hey, welcome to the Sum of All Fears podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Perio, and this week we have another fear to discuss. This week's guest is comedian, bartender, Instagram model, and influencer, Anna B. You might know her on Instagram as Anita Buen. Anna B. just recently completed her first headlining show at the Addison Improv. Anna is always busy doing something, whether it's comedy, Instagram, working a bar, working a day job. She always has a lot on her plate for someone who's only 24 years old. We talked during the shutdown, and as things have gotten going, I find myself a little out of place. All the places I used to hang out before the pandemic are kind of like empty spaces now, so I feel like I have nowhere to go, nowhere to, to call home. But... This week's comedy opening up has been great. Last week at Dallas was an amazing show. I thank those of you that came out to that. Also, this weekend was great at Fort Worth. If you haven't been to Hyenas, check out hyenascomedynightclub.com for those. But enough about me. Let's talk about Anna B. We talked today in this episode about Anna's fear of success and failure. But I really wanted to focus on her fear of success because I don't know if it's a fear or not. But I've been in that position because you have so many opportunities and then something always happens and those opportunities just never pan out. And so you get leery anytime something does come up. You have that fear. Is this going to work out? Am I, am I getting my hopes up? So I don't know if you would consider that a fear or not. I do. Because sometimes you have everything lined up, but it just never happens. Maybe you fail at a big interview or... You're going to school for a degree and you meet somebody and you get into a relationship and that relationship takes you out of college and into, you know, just daily work life. And now you're having to work a day job, support yourself, maybe a kid, and you're trying to, it's all, it's just now a game of recovery. It just seems like every time you try to take that next step forward, something knocks you two steps back. So let's take that next step right now and move on to my interview with Anna B. We're here with Instagram model and comedian and waitress and bartender, Anna Brainrostro. Hello, hello, hi. Her real name is Anna Alejandra Brainrostro. That's correct. How are you today? I'm great. I'm great. I had a good day. Um, I uh, went to the gym, enjoying the quarantine. I got a busy week ahead, so. You look so much different without your Instagram freckles. I know, right? That's my favorite filter. It's like, who needs makeup when I got Instagram filters? No one's going to recognize you now. Like, you don't have the six symmetrical <laughs> freckles on each side of your face. So I was going to ask you, mm-hmm. how did you get into, like, the Instagram model kind of fun, like, the stories and stuff like that? Is that just a kind of a creative outlet to just pass the time? So Instagram, it's funny. I've had my Instagram since 2012 okay. and I was a teenager and um, spent a lot of time traveling in Mexico and I would just post all my travel photos. Never, never really gained much of a following. Um, and then it became somewhere that I could share my art and stuff. And then somewhere in my adult life, I just started modeling. I was dating a photographer at the time 
and he would just take these beautiful photos of me, you know, to the point where I'm like, man, that's me. I wasn't even like recognizing myself. From there, I guess I started building a little bit of a following with the modeling stuff. Um, And then one thing leads to another and you start to actually make a little bit of money off of it. And yeah, here we are. It's just cool that that you didn't realize that you could be a model. It took somebody taking these Mm -hmm. in-depth, candid photos of you. Mm -hmm. Correct, yeah. That kind of changed the way you you do things. And that's amazing. And then it's built a a following. And then add on to that stand-up comedy as well. Oh, for sure. And how did you get into stand-up from being a model slash artist? How did you find stand-up? So I found stand-up through podcast. Um, I started, this is so embarrassing to admit, but I actually started listening to Joe Rogan um, Mm -hmm. when I was like 14. And I would just hear him talk about how how the industry was and how fun it was. And then that got me really interested into uh, in writing. So I just started like writing stupid little one-liners because like always in school, like I realized that everybody would always listen to me whenever I spoke. So I, I want to say my senior year of high school, I was working a full-time job and I quit all sports and I decided to join academic decathlon. <laughs> so I was pretty much just in debate. Okay. And like public speaking and stuff. And then I kind of quit for a little bit. But uh, yeah, I just, just decided to do an open mic once. And then I got addicted ever since. I even cried. I want to say like I teared up because public speaking is terrifying. It is. It is quite an ordeal. Mm-hmm. So what sports did you play? Since you said you gave up sports, what sports were you giving up? So I played varsity soccer and varsity swimming. Okay. So you have a unique story because you grew up in Guadalajara, Mexico, correct? Yes, I did. You did your research. (laughs) Well, I did my research by talking to you for the last five years. Right? (laughs) For sure. It's been that long, man. Yeah, but think so. It's been three, at least three or four years. Yeah, it's been about, yeah, four to be accurate. So talk about growing up in Guadalajara. What are the, what are the differences? What do you miss about it? And what do you not miss about So first of all, I missed my entire family because like my mom tries to describe it. I was literally just displaced. Um, So my mom had me at a very young age. She had me at 17 in Guadalajara. Um, She got knocked up by her high school sweetheart who my dad um, ended up dropping out of high school and then moving to the States just because he could. And uh, naturally my mom followed him just to kind of work harder and then provide for this new daughter. So I stayed with my grandma up until I was seven. Yeah. From there, like they would come and visit. I, my immigration status wasn't, took a long time to fix Mm -hmm. um, and just to get situated. So uh, that's why it took so long uh, for me to get reunited with my parents. But yeah, it was, uh, it was super interesting because I went from having like this very peaceful life with my grandma in Guadalajara. She basically raised me. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just such an awesome childhood because um, she's an educator and she was a principal of the school. So I would go with her and in Mexico, there's like a, like two shifts. So you can go to like day school or you can go to like evening school. So I would just stay with her all day and, you know, just getting like top notch, like the best education and just having a great time with her. So whenever my parents came back and got me, 
to bring me to the States, essentially, I was, I was devastated. And it was scary because uh, I, I didn't speak English. Uh, we moved to Dallas. And then shortly after I moved here, my parents got divorced. So they took me to Forney, Texas. My, or my mom took me to Forney, Texas. So it was just like culture shock after culture shock. Like I remember being like little mm-hmm. and not understanding and people would like yell at me and I didn't understand why I'm like, I, it's not that I, um, I, I can't hear you. I just don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> like I, I can hear you fine. I just don't know English. <laughs> So that was was pretty funny. Yeah, most people try to break the language barrier by kicking down the door instead of trying trying the lock. They just think that you can't hear them. And so they just need to speak English louder and that'll make it all better. Oh, for sure. And it was super scary because like I um, I remember being in school and my principal was having a serious talk with my mom and she was like, hey, um, if she doesn't learn English within like a month, we're going to hold her back a grade. So they gave me like a really short period to learn English. And I don't know how we did it because my mom didn't even know the language either, even though she had already been here for seven years. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, Latins, we have a very like small community and we uh, tend to stay within that community and not really branch yeah. out to Plus, it's different because you're working, so you can kind of keep to yourself and it doesn't, depending on the job, it may not reveal itself at all that there's a language barrier. So you can kind of work around it. Whereas in school, it's very prevalent and it sounds like they're not very patient. No. So you came here and you lived in Forney. Is your mom still living in Forney? No, 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 no. So my mom actually um, moved to Mexico three weeks before I graduated high school. It's a whole story. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a whole story. So at the time, I had already been working since I was 15. And then I went full time um, when I was 16. And I graduated high school a year early. So I was, I was about 17. And, um, and yeah, she, she left me here in full confidence. She was like, Look, Anna, you've had a full time job for this long, you know how to make money you know, how to provide for yourself. And she was basically just trying to get away from an abusive relationship. But naturally, you know, I ended up getting kicked out of the house that I, I I guess, essentially kind of like grew up in. Um, So it was crazy, because like, I just had to figure out like all these things. First of all, I'm still in high school, you know, I'm getting ready to graduate, I need to figure out where to live. Um, I'm 17. So that was like a huge barrier. Like I, I couldn't run an apartment, I didn't even know how to drive. I couldn't even drive. So it's like, I just had to like, still can't. <laughs> yeah, surprise. <laughs> so, okay. So it was crazy. Just like having to figure out just like how to be an adult, but I'm still not an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how we did it. I just ended up renting um, a house off a of Craigslist for like 500 bucks a month. And then I would walk to work until I finally saved enough money to buy a Honda. Yeah. Bought that, taught myself how to drive. That has to be... Yeah, it was super interesting. Super stressful. I can't imagine that because most parents kick their kids out at 18. Yeah. And your parents just decided to bow out. Like, they just decided, I'm going to leave. I'm leaving you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my mom, she in her defense, she did give me the option. She was like, you can stay or you're, we can leave. And I'm like, mom, like, I, at the time I had applied for college, you know, I had applied at UT and I got in. And um, I pretty much had like a full ride. So I was like, naturally, I'm like, I'm going to stay here. So that summer, I ended up like working, I rented the house. And then in August, I ended up moving to Austin. 
to, to go to college. So yeah, it was super interesting. But like you said, I would have preferred my, I don't know. It's a blessing because like, I feel like I had to figure out a lot of shit. Yeah, that's a lot of things to figure out at a young age that because mm-hmm. there are people, I don't know if you've dated any that may be, you know, still figuring their things out in their 30s and 40s. Like they may still be living at yeah. home even now and you are like 17. So that's got to be weird to either see guys that maybe, you know, because you're 24 now. To, to meet guys that are yeah. your own age that still may be living at home, haven't gone to school yet, kind mm-hmm. of, that's got to be such a weird situation when you're like, I was at 17, I was already on a path. How are you, have you not figured out anything yet? Oh, I know, right? Well, half the time I'm just like, let me help you. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, tell me, tell me your problems. I'm like, this is exactly how we're going to fix them, so... Yeah, especially like with COVID, like I, I'm really appreciative for those experiences because like it just took me so long to just be able to like exist and take care of like my basic necessities like food, water, shelter, you know, and then once I got those established, I'm like, all right, well, I guess we'll integrate personal relationships. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it took a little bit. Well, I'm glad you've you've gotten to a place where you're you're happy. You're in a place where you're you're moving forward and you're happy at the progress. Mm-hmm. there's no lack or I have to do this now desperation kind of feeling. And so listening to your backstory, it kind of makes sense what your fear is since this podcast is basically a f- one fear that you have mm-hmm. and you want to talk about. Go ahead and let me know what that fear is. So I have two fears um, and they, uh, they're, they're kind of opposite to each other, but it's success mm-hmm. and failure. To me, I feel like listening to your story, I would say it's success. You think it's success? Yeah, just being... Just because what you're telling me is you had everything, You every time you're at the, the brass ring of success, mm-hmm. something changes. You were, you were with your grandmother. You were, you were having the best education. There was success there. Mm-hmm. Right. That's at, true. Yeah. And you got pulled into Forney, Texas. And you're in Forney, Texas, you're you know, graduating with with honors and getting into UT, all of a sudden your mom decides she's going to move back home to her family and you're here by yourself, living by yourself, having to find work as somebody that's underage as far as working conditions, as far as to get anything. Mm-hmm. And so it just, to me, it always feels like when you have success, there's always something right there that's just waiting or it just seems like in your store. That's actually really true. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, that's, I think that's why I was really excited to come on because you do kind of figure out these kind of things by having these conversations, mm-hmm. you know? Because, yeah, that's very true. Like you said, it's just like I've, I've been in so many, like, high points of my life and then you just kind of just get knocked down and you're like, well, I got to start from, from the ground up. <laughs> so what is your earliest memory of being afraid of success? Being afraid... I'm trying to think. Like, when is the first, I guess, bad taste of success that you remember? So I was a mega nerd in high school. And like I said, I joined like academic decathlon. Mm-hmm. And I, so one specific situation. So like I was president of the National Art Society and the National Spanish Society. And I remember becoming president of like the special uh, or the National like Art Society. So one thing that was really fun to me, like art, you know, all, the, um, all of a sudden kind of like became like a job because you're like, oh, well, you have to submit for like an AP credit. So like I was getting like all the, 
this pressure to create this art and all of a sudden it wasn't fun anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. So, so it's like once once your passion becomes job, mm-hmm. then it does it doesn't become spontaneous anymore. Now I ha- you have to force something because you have to produce something rather than it be art where it's just an inspiration. Mm-hmm. Now it's now it's just like expected out of you, yeah. and um, that can be really overwhelming. How has that changed your life? Just that fear of success and the fear of failure. Like how how do you feel like your life is different because of it? I feel like I've definitely developed some really uh, poor habits and poor tendencies. Like I tend to procrastinate because I am afraid of, you know, things actually like working out, you know? So I think it's just like a natural like defense mechanism to where I'm, I'm just like, all right, well, how, how, how am I going to stop this? You know, like, mm-hmm. uh, I, and I do things like all this, all the time, like, you know, Oh, I'm just not going to prepare for that interview. You know, I'll just wing it and stuff. And it's just like, I'm, like I'm constantly like fighting with myself being like no we silly bitch like just uh just get it done you know Mm -hmm. so you say you procrastinate Mm -hmm. so you just don't feel like you should be you're ready for this or is it just is it just self-sabotage like you just think that I'm not ready for this I'll I'll do it in a minute or is it just absolutely I just don't feel like this is the right fit I'm going to do this and see what happens so I think it's basically self-sabotage Okay. if we're, if we're being completely honest and in procrastination, such a bad thing too, because I think procrastinating leads to anxiety, you know? So the entire time when I could have just knocked that simple task out, I'm thinking about it and now like my brain is cloudy. So I'm not able to focus on the next thing, yeah. you know? Absolutely. And then yeah. you were, you dwell on it and you think about what you could have done and then the next mm-hmm. things do. As you're sitting there moping, like, oh, I need to work on this. And it just becomes a snowball of other things. So what are you afraid of when you say you're afraid to make it? What do you what do you fear is what's going to happen if you do? And we, I guess we all kind of have like different definitions of making it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the responsibility okay. that you have whenever you make it, because like I... Uh, I, I've I've had many uh, different career paths. You know, I've I've done tech, I've done you know the service industry and stuff, and I have always been super hesitant about like getting that promotion or getting into management. And I I don't know why, but it's just like since I was little, like I, it's been crazy because like people always listen to me talk, but I never really like enjoy, liked or enjoyed the attention. Yeah. So I guess with successful you do get like a lot of that attention you do get like a lot of like that responsibility i see so it's just kind of added pressure for me i fear change and so i'm very set that makes sense i'm very set in my ways and my fear is success will lead me into a path that i'm not familiar with and i it would make me so freaked out to think everything's different now like I can't, mm-hmm. I can't go here, here, here. I can't, because when I would go home from work, it would be okay. Change clothes, go do this open mic, this open mic, this open mic. Come home, eat something. If you're still awake, watch some TV. Go to bed, and then if say you make it, now you're in LA. You can't do this open mic, this open mic. You may not even, you don't have a regular day job. You got to do this, this, and this, and see. My fear as far as success goes is like, what if I make it just barely? One year, I get all these comedy clubs that want me 
or some, you get one success and it's like a one hit wonder, like a musician who has one great mm-hmm. song and then they're done. You know, they have one great song. Yes. But then they've given up their whole career, everything that they've worked for, for a year. And now they have nothing to sh- except for that song that, you know, that one year of comedy, you have that breakthrough art piece, but mm-hmm. there's no sustaining it. And that's my big fear is like, how do I, how do I now stay at this level that I've achieved versus if I don't make it, I know what I'm doing. I'm making decent money. You know, I have a nice life. I have a great work-life balance. Don't have to travel as much or anything like that. Like I do travel, but it's not a necessity. And everybody builds up their retirement and stuff like you know, all the retirement commercials show you in Italy, Prague, or some some glamorous retirement yacht that you can't afford. And I'm like, most people are just going to sit at home and play video games. Yeah, that's, true. that's where our retirement is. And that's what we can afford. I just need that for the rest of my life. I need to be able to order a Pizza Hut pizza and just have, have <laughs> a gaming system. And then I can, I yeah. can die in peace. I can die in my own chair. I won't say bed because I probably will be in my chair playing video games. Hey, that's awesome. That's a great way to go. I want to I wanna go mm-hmm. while I'm experiencing a fatality on Mortal Kombat. That's how okay. I want to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you want it to be for real this time. Real fatality. Real this time. So do other people... So do other people that you care about know that you're afraid of success? Like, do they kind of push you to go further? Or do they... If you're doing something and something's going well, are they trying to keep you on track um so recently i've been attracting a lot of people that have pointed out that flaw how i am um so i just started a new tech job i can't really get into mm-hmm. details but um I, there's there's often times where i have to come into the office and i work right next to my boss what's funny is that like right now i'm just doing contract work with them and i had actually had an interview for a full-time position and i i didn't do well i just didn't interview well and anyways, I was talking to my boss and he, and he was like, Anna, it's just crazy. He's like, you're so outgoing in all these other areas of your life. But like, whenever it comes to something serious, you you kind of tend to, to hold back and push back. And I, it just got me thinking, it's just like, maybe it's just like a culture thing. Because like, I in Latin cultures, at least, you know, being around my dad and stuff, uh, I feel like women aren't really uh, encouraged to voice their opinions like i like i still apologize every time i like have a thought i'm like hey i'm sorry but yeah yeah the 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 stove is on fire like i still apologize and i think that has to do with like a culture thing too like we're we're taught to make ourselves small you know it's just like oh it's fine so you just kind of hold you hold Uh, in and and, yeah instead of uh, exactly yeah i don't want to steal anybody's shine and some, and that's some of it too. As far as success, you have to, you have to be able to, because we're our own worst critics, and do you become your own worst critic? And it's really hard to then change gears, and instead of being your critic, now be your biggest cheerleader. Right? Yeah. You have to do this whole one eighty now. Is oh, I feel like I've done a bad job for you guys, but let me try to convince you of why hiring me full time is the right decision, even though you haven't yet, and I you know, sometimes doubt what I'm doing. And I feel like sometimes that comes through. And it's a hard thing to kind of sell. Yeah, no, that was, that's very true. So, that's very, so very what does your boss think? Does he just want to try to get you to be a better interview so that next time that interview comes up, you'll nail it? 
Um, it's a little bit of both. So it's a smaller company. And um, so the person that I interviewed with, I'm actually working with directly. Um, and they're, they're based out of a, a different city. But uh, tomorrow, actually, they're going to come in the office. So I get an opportunity to kind of just compare notes on the work that I've, that I've been doing and just kind of get on the same page. So hopefully, mm-hmm. hopefully they'll lead to something positive. Yeah. But I, at this time, I didn't procrastinate. I definitely studied. I know my stuff. So hopefully um, we have a better outcome than last time. And you will. I, I have no doubt in my mind. Yeah. You're, you, put, you take on a lot more tasks. You are you know, looking to become a big brother, big sister. And I'm sure in the future you'll get that. And so, I mean, you do do, oh, that too. You do a yeah. lot. And so mm-hmm. it's not that I just feel like sometimes there's a nervousness with, with change and there's a little bit of a doubt and you just have to kind of, find a way to sell what you can do and not worry about what you can't. And it's a, it's a weird thing. I have never been confident myself. I somehow interview well. There's very few jobs that I've interviewed for that I didn't get. And that's not a humble brag. It's just out of desperation because a lot of times I was out of a job. And once, once you're in an interview and you need something, it's just you find a way. And I don't know. I wish I could bottle that. I wish I could have bottled yeah. that for stand-up and every other endeavor I've ever tried. But that's one thing I do do well is I do interview well. And I, I test off the charts for a lot of stuff. And so, yeah. Yeah. And so it helps. So how do you manage like that anxiety and that fear or what do you try to do to kind of contain that that fear of self-sabotage and, you know, doubt whenever it starts to pop up? Um, I try to kind of make myself the main character of whatever is going out, go, going on, you know, and I try to kind of like block out, you know, it's just like, sure, there are external influences and stuff. But at the end of the day, this is my story. I'm the main character of the story. I'm the protagonist. You know, I can't be my own antagonist. So I just pretty much have to just shift my mindset into just being that person. And then lots of affirmations, honestly. Uh, tons of Pinterest quotes. <laughs> lots of Pinterest quotes. Pinterest yeah. quotes are can be helpful. Pinterest ideas can be very expensive. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Can't tell you how many DIYs. Yeah, my back patty was proof of that. Hey, it looks great. I've seen your Instagrams. Yeah, I would I would repin. Yeah, it's it's nice. It definitely was an undertaking. And I'm glad it didn't take as much as it mm-hmm. as I thought it was going to but it's fits. And so it works. I will say this has been a treat. It's been very interesting because since you kind of keep to yourself, not a lot of people know like your backstory, like how all the things you go through, because unfortunately, some people see a pretty face and they assume, oh, you got this because of this, this, and this, rather than see the hard work and and intelligence and all the other things that you have, you know, going on. Oh, this is true. Oh my God. I can't tell you how many times it's just like, oh, well, how did you get that opportunity? How do you get booked in Houston? Or how do you get booked in like all these different cities? I'm just like, because for the longest time, you just had to put in the work. You know what I mean? Like use that free time instead of like, going to go get drunk at that regular open mic like you know set time aside and just you know show up and a lot of the half the battle is just showing up and just putting in the work like you also have a skill with networking and that mean and you're just being able to talk to people and and show that i'm not just 
nice to look at. I, I have chops, I have material, I have technology. You you get all the you have all these different opportunities because you show them that you have worth in those fields. For sure, yeah. Yeah, it's just a, it's just like figuring out how to make yourself valuable. And and then I think with stand up, that was a specific thing that I was just like, well, all right, what kind of skills do I have that will benefit other people, you know, and then create that bond and create that relationship that way, like, you know, relationships yeah. can't be one sided. So it's just like, you know, whenever you're like, oh, well, let me just pass over the social media strategy. Uh, yeah. That person's just going to be more more prone to just you know lending you a hand or telling you about that one so everybody needs to learn social media marketing but that is a great (laughs) tool because it's a very valuable resource and you can parlay that into to be more you know social media focused if the tech thing doesn't work or in any endeavor oh for sure well i appreciate you coming on anna now where can the people on the internet find you all right. So you can actually find me at Anita, A-N-I-T-A-B-U-E-N, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Shoot me a DM uh, if you want some workout inspiration, some uh, some funny tweets and uh, occasional booty pics. Uh, follow me on Instagram. Does the booty pics have <laughs> yeah. the freckle filter as well? No, unfortunately, they haven't made a... They, well, oh, that's a good idea. I think we, we're on to something, Ryan. Let's think of uh, body filters next. Let's... Uh, Let's, yeah. let's slap some abs Maybe. on it. What do you think? Yeah, instead okay. of freckles, let's do abs. Yeah, I could use abs. <laughs> okay. And I thank you again for doing this, Anna. All uh, right. Wish you the best. Good luck with your social media. Yeah, and I look forward to talking to you again. Yes, sir. All right. Bye-bye. Well, that was Anna B. I thought that was a fun conversation. I feel like success is a real fear after having that discussion that sometimes you all now you're off your game and you're just not comfortable and you can't grab that brass ring of success i love talking to anna b thank you follow her on social media she's a young up-and-coming comic and she does so much with with so little time i'm always amazed at talking to her at how much she has going on at all times as for me I just finished my weekend at Fort Worth. It's great to get kind of back into the comedian groove and do my thing on stage. I had a great set of shows on Friday and Saturday. It was a really great time. I had great performances with Lawrence Rosales and Tyson Pfeiffer. They were amazing comics on the bill. Thanks again to Hyenas for putting us up and giving us a fantastic crowd to perform for. Also... Thank you guys for listening. Uh, we had our greatest um, listenership last week with Emily Griefer's episode. Keep keep listening. If you like what you hear, go ahead and give us a review on, on Apple or any of the podcast apps you listen to. Join us on social media. I've got a Facebook group set up. I'd love for the people to join. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter. I love interacting with people online. More so than in person. I'm kind of a shy egg when you meet me in person. Thank you guys for listening. All right, some credits and thank yous for people that make this show possible. Thanks to Barry Whitewater, who does all my graphic design work. You can follow him on Instagram at bwhite, W-H-I-T-E-H-2-O, the letter. On Instagram, that's Barry Whitewater. Get it? H-2-O. He's an amazing comic and graphic artist, so check him out. Also... Music. 
A big thanks to Gunnar Olson, who provides the music for this podcast. You can check out his website, GunnarOlson.net. Check out all his music. He's got some great EPs. Also, you can follow him on Instagram at GunBuns. I love his coast-to-coast jam sessions with other musicians. It's really cool to listen. If you want to follow me on social media, my social media is at Ryan Perio. It's R-Y-A-N-P-E-R-R-I-O. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I implore you to follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at SomeFearFans. S-O-M-E-F-E-A-R-F-A-N-S. You can also check out our website, someofallfears.com. Leave us a review if you would like on iTunes. If you want suggestions for the show, you can leave them on the reviews or you can email me directly. Or if you want to be a guest, shoot me an email at somefearfans at gmail.com. That's going to do it for this week. Next week, we'll have another guest with another fear. Until then, thanks for listening and have a great week. 